0: Well, we're continuing a series called Love to the End. We're studying John chapters 13 through 17. This is the Upper Room Discourse, a very famous section of Scripture. And uh, we're 24 hours away from the cross. These are Jesus' last moments, his last conversations with his disciples as he's preparing to leave, leave the world, and he's loving them to the end. And that's where we get the title for this series, Loved to the End comes from John 13, 1. This is our theme verse. It says this, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That's how Jesus loves you. He loves you to the end, to the utmost. It's his love for us. Well, several years ago, did a summer camp with a group of middle schoolers. Took about 30 middle schoolers into the Rocky Mountains. Awesome, love doing that. And uh, Saturday night, we have a tradition of of having a big campfire together. Of course, Saturday night, that's uh, in the youth ministry world. We call Saturday night Cry Night that's when you have that powerful time of worship and teaching and it's awesome. And then when it's done, it's late, it's dark, and nobody's ready to go to bed. Everybody's pretty hyper, actually, <laughs> the end of Saturday night. So we're like, okay, let's go out into the mountains and let's get under the stars. Let's build a fire. So years ago, we did that. We, we got, grabbed our flashlights, went out into the mountains and under the stars. And we got to the fire pit. It was in Rocky Mountain National Park. And uh, the camp director was there to meet us which was cool, so he's there, he's gonna help us get the fire started. And he's got the wood all set up, he grabs the lighter fluid. He just, you know, douses it with lighter fluid, strikes the match, you know, throws it on the the fire. Of course it goes up, you know, great, fire! And uh, it was awesome, so he's like, all right, you guys good? I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm going back to bed. So he leaves, and um, 30 seconds later, the fire goes out. No joke, just, it had rained all day, and all the wood was wet, everything, like everything in creation was wet, and this fire was wet, and he thought, yeah, I'll just throw some lighter fluid on it, Pff, boom, I'm out of here. Well, 30 seconds later, the fire is out. And I don't know if you've ever been in a dark forest with 30 middle schoolers, <laughs> but it's not ideal. So we're battling, we're trying to get this fire started. We're, we're lighting anything and everything that is possibly flammable. You know, napkins, because we're going to do s'mores. So we're like, okay, maybe this box of graham crackers will burn, you know? like We're just trying to get anything that's dry that can start this fire. And of course, middle schoolers, like we have 30 middle schoolers who think they know how to start this fire. I'm sorry, but lighting batteries? You know, like that's not ideal at all. Just one of the adventures I've been on. Um, But when that camp director left, he left us alone and in the dark with no fire burning. And I was just thinking about that this week as I think about what we're about to talk about today. Because Jesus is getting ready to leave the earth. And is that how he's going to leave people? We're 24 hours away from the cross. Is that how he leaves his church? Alone, afraid, in the dark? No way. He loves us to the end. He loves us to the utmost. And what you're going to see today as we look at this passage of Scripture is that Jesus is building a fire in the hearts of his disciples. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, will you turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 15? That's where we're going to be today. John chapter 14, verse 15. So if you have a Bible, hope you do. Head over there. Um, you'll be able to follow along with me either in scripture or up on the screens. What you're going to see is Jesus. When he left this world, he, he built a fire in the hearts of his disciples. And as I was thinking about you guys this week and thinking about what you've been walking through, and I had to wonder if if there isn't someone in this room, and as you've gone through this month, as you've gone through this week or this season, I I have to wonder if there's anyone in this room today who's experienced some of that fire going out. I wonder if there's anyone here who felt afraid this last week. Is there anyone here who felt maybe alone or discouraged? Did anyone feel like they weren't enough? Was there anyone here today who began to doubt? whether God really loved them. As we go through life, sometimes the wood gets wet and the fire starts to go out. And Jesus loves you too much for you to live like that. So what we're going to see today is we're going to see Jesus is building a fire in the hearts of his disciples. And I hope that today as we go through this time together, I hope that I hope that there's a, a fire begins to stir in your hearts. And and that's what we're going to see. We're going to see Jesus building a fire in the hearts of his disciples. And what you're going to see and experience today is that this is a fire of love. It's a fire of the Holy Spirit. And it is a fire of fearlessness. That's for you and for me and everyone in this room. So let's, let's go. Let's pick up the conversation. John 14, verse 15. We'll read it together. We'll pray. We'll dive in. This is what Jesus said. John 14, 15. He says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, (parentheses not Judas Iscariot, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Well, right, let's pray. We'll dive in. God, thanks for this morning. Thanks for your word. The opportunity we have to um, hear the words of Jesus. It's so awesome, God. And I pray that... That as we look at what Jesus said, God, we ask that you would begin to stir our hearts with a love for you. We pray that we would would experience the Holy Spirit, God, filling up our hearts. We ask that you would give us a fearlessness and a boldness to stand for you when we leave this place. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we see Jesus building a fire in the hearts of his disciples. And the first thing we see that I see is that Jesus is igniting a love in our hearts. Jesus is igniting a deep passion and love for God in the hearts of his disciples. And it all starts right here at the beginning in verse 15. So the whole conversation is framed around these simple words. If you love me. Verse 15. If you love me. And I don't know if you've noticed, but this is a radical turn in the conversation, because everything so far has, Jesus has been saying, I love you. He's demonstrated his love for us. He's declared his love for us. And now the conversation turns and Jesus says, okay, I love you, but if you love me. Do you remember growing up and uh, when, when boys and girls started liking each other? And uh, it's usually the girls that start to like the boys. And the boys are like, wait, what? There's girls? You know, like boys have no clue. But there's always like girls. And I remember being, you know, a kid. And I'm just kind of going through my life, minding my own business. And then there's like two girls or three girls that run up. And they're like, hey, do you like so-and-so? You guys remember that? And, and it's not out of curiosity. It's, it's a setup, right? I mean, this is a setup. Because when, they, when those girls would come, they're like, hey, do you like so-and-so? The reason they say that is, is because, you know, not just out of curiosity, but because that person that they're asking about already likes you. They already like you. So they want to go, hey, do you like them? Remember that growing up? When Jesus says, if you love me, the reason he says, if you love me, is because he already loves you. Saying, if you love me, I already love you. He loves us to the end, to the utmost. He laid down his life for us. So what does it mean to be a Christian? What are we doing in this room today? What's going on? Being a Christian is just a person who said, Jesus, if you love me, then you know what? I love you. That's what a Christian is. A Christian is somebody who's encountered the love of Jesus Christ. And that love has ignited a fire and a passion in their heart. That's what a Christian is. It's not just somebody that's going through the motions, that's singing songs, showing up at church on Sunday. No, a Christian is somebody who has a love and a passion for Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, if you love me, do you love him? Do you love him today? Oh, if you love me, what?" How do we show our love for Jesus Christ? What does he say? He says, if you love me, what? Keep my commands, right? Keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. We read through the whole passage together. And you can't miss it because five times Jesus emphasizes this point. Let me just go through them really quickly. And we don't have these on the screens, which is okay. Verse 15, I just want to show you how many times he says this. Five times. Verse 15, right here. If you love me, keep my commands. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Verse 24, anyone who does not love me will not, what, obey my teaching. Even Jesus says... Almost as a demonstration, I love the Father and do exactly what he's commanded me. So one of the most powerful ways that you can express your love for Jesus Christ is through your obedience to him. Right now in our home, we have a full-on three-nager. Has anyone ever experienced the three-nager stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of what a lot of what's going on in our house is like we're saying over and over, okay, listen and obey, listen and obey. But when you're a three-nager, it's kind of hard. And so there's always you know like fits, arguments, you know, it gets crazy in our house. A couple of weeks ago, um, we started like, hey, like now that you're three, you can start helping out around the house. Never too young, right? <laughs> Never too young. So we started this thing where, where Lydia takes her, her tray from her place at the table, and she brings that to the sink. You know, really hard chore there. She's like, okay, take it from here to there. So that's where we've, we're starting it. We're starting it young. And so Angie asked Lydia, hey, would you take your tray to the sink? And we're all done. We're just kind of sitting there. And you know her response? She's like, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, what? You're not too busy. Oh, I've done this for you, this for you. Like, ah. I'm like, Lydia said, look at me. Like, and I got her. I'm like looking in her eyes. I'm like, Lydia, one of the ways we show our love to people is by doing what they ask. And she thought about it for a second, and she's like, okay. And so she got her tray, and she took it to the sink. But it's true that one of the ways we show our love for Jesus is by doing what he's asked us to do. So i got to ask you today, what is Jesus asking you to do? Maybe it's to be here on Sunday morning. Maybe Jesus is asking you to take a step, to get baptized. Maybe Jesus is asking you to overcome An addiction in your life. Maybe Jesus is asking you to mend a relationship, to forgive someone. Maybe Jesus is asking you to give financially to his kingdom. Whatever Jesus is asking you to do today, I want to ask you to love him in that. See, Christianity is not just routine, it's not just religion. If we're here just because of that, you know, if, if this really is just religion, I think we'd all be just like Lydia. Hey, I'm too busy for that. I am. I'm too busy for that. But if what we're doing as a community is about love, if this is about love for Christ, then come on, count me in, because I'm in. So I'm asking you today, what is Jesus asking you to do? What's your next step of obedience to him? I would say love him in that. Love him. Love him in that. The promises for those who love and obey obey Jesus are just awesome. I want to share them with you here. Verse 15 to 17. If you love me, Jesus says, and keep my, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. Listen to this. And I will ask the Father and he will give you, what does it say? And he will give you the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. That word show myself, that's the word that's used in the Old Testament for theophanies. I don't have time to explain that, but literally what Jesus is saying is that God is going to be made visible to you. God is going to manifest himself to you as you love and obey him. One more amazing promise. Verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Home, he's talking about a permanent dwelling. Those who love Jesus and obey him, God is going to come and abide in your life. There will be a permanent dwelling of God in your heart and in your life. These are amazing, amazing, awesome promises for those who love and obey Jesus, who surrender their lives to him. God is going to manifest himself to you. The spirit of God is going to come and make his home in your heart and in your life. What's Jesus doing here? He's trying to ignite a love in our hearts and I believe he's pointing us to the Holy Spirit. And I believe that Jesus is igniting the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. It's point number two. Jesus is igniting a love in our heart. He's igniting the Holy Spirit in our heart and in our life. So who is the Holy Spirit? Who's the Holy Spirit? What does Jesus say? He really sums up all the Holy Spirit is and does in a single word. And that's the word Helper. Really sums up the Holy Spirit in one word, and that's the word helper. Let's pull pull up this verse again, John 14, 16. Jesus says, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. Many just translations just say helper, a helper, to be with you forever. So who is the Holy Spirit? First of all, the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. So we don't say we don't call the Holy Spirit an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And Jesus says that this person is a helper in your life. The Greek word there for, for helper or advocate to help, that as it's translated in the NIV, is the word parakletos. And it gets translated in many ways. But, it's, but literally the word parakletos, parakletos means one who is sent alongside. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is God who comes alongside you in your life. And that word gets translated out as comforter, as counselor, as advocate, and helper. And all Jesus is saying is, God is going to come and be a part of your life. And he is going to be a supernatural helper in your life. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it amazing that God would send a supernatural helper? And for those who heard this, those disciples, they would have been blown away. Like what? Like we're like kind of chill, we're like sipping our coffee, we're like, yeah, Holy Spirit, cool, you know, like I love it. But these guys had read the stories back in the Old Testament. You go back to page 1 in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. You remember this? And what's he doing? He's bringing forth creation. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was in Joseph. Remember Joseph in the book of Genesis? And the Spirit of God gave him the wisdom to rule over the nation of Egypt. So I don't know if you lead people in your life. Might be nice to have the Spirit of God to give you the wisdom to rule. We see in the Old Testament, we see we see artists and musicians. Anybody creative here? Artists and musicians empowered by the Holy Spirit were given supernatural gifts and talents. Created things like the tabernacle, the psalms, things like that. It's the Holy Spirit. We see uh, Gideon. Love Gideon. Gideon's terrified in the Old Testament. But the Spirit comes and gives him courage to fight. Then there's uh, (laughs) Samson. Samson. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes on Samson and it says that he tore a lion in half with his bare hands. Okay, that's like, that is beast mode right there. (laughs) And then the prophet Samuel told Saul, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully on you and you will be changed into a different person. How does God transform our lives? It's through the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is your helper. What could you accomplish in your life with the Spirit of God helping you? What could we do as a church through the power of the Holy Spirit? We have a supernatural helper. And in our day, it's a very secular day that we live in. A lot of people don't know about the Holy Spirit, a lot of people don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus speaks to that. If you look in Scripture, John 14, 17. The world can't accept him, the Holy Spirit, because he neither sees him nor knows him. The world around us, very secular world. The world doesn't know about the Holy Spirit. They don't see him, they don't know him. What about us as Christians? Do we know the Holy Spirit? Do we see him? Do we know him? Do we see him at work in our lives? There's a crazy verse in the book of Acts, Acts 19.2. Paul finds a group of disciples. When he asks them, he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, No. We've not even heard there's a Holy Spirit. Did they receive the Holy Spirit when they had believed? Yeah. Did they know about it? No. They weren't seeing him and knowing him. And church, what I want to tell you today is that the Holy Spirit is real. Do you believe that? You have a supernatural helper. The Holy Spirit is real. And you can see him. You can know him. You can experience him in your life. When you believed in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came into your life. And the Holy Spirit is changing you, empowering you, giving you gifts. And I just say, would we be a church that sees and knows the power of the Holy Spirit? I remember one night, youth group, we had a girl who uh, just finished a soccer practice, and uh, our youth room was on the third floor of our church. She got to climb up a lot of steps to get there. And she came to youth group, and she had to hobble all the way up all those steps, because that night of practice, she, she got injured pretty badly. So she, by the time she got to the third floor, she was, you know, she was limping, she was in pain, she had her knee all bandaged up. So me being a pastor, I was like, hmm, like, kind of my job to pray for you, so I'm like, maybe I should pray, okay. So I'm like, hey, you know, it looks like your knee hurts, would you, what happened? She's like, well, I was at practice, you know, I got injured, and it's really hurting. And I said, well, would you mind if I pray for your knee? She goes, yeah, sure, okay. I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to ask Jesus if he'd heal this knee. So I actually put my hand on, on the knee. I started to pray for her knee. And she starts going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I thought, I thought I was hurting her knee. I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She goes, no, no, no. She said, when you prayed for my knee, it got hot. And I think it's better. I said, "What?" I said, are you sure about that? I don't know about you, but when I pray for things, they normally don't get better like that. (laughs) She's like, no, I think it's better. I said, well, walk on it, see. And she starts walking. The pain was gone, just like that. In an instant, the Spirit of God healed her knee. And I'm not about to say that that happens every time I pray for somebody. And that's such a small thing, too. But yet it was big for her but what I want you to know is the Holy Spirit is real and we have a supernatural helper and there nothing is impossible with God and church I want us to be a church that sees and knows the power of the Holy Spirit and he's gonna show up however you Jesus says the Spirit comes and goes as he wills I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna show up in your life whether it's in creativity whether it's wisdom, leadership, the person you're becoming, we have a supernatural helper. Would we be a church? It doesn't say, oh, Holy Spirit, I've never heard of that. I want us to be a church that says, yeah, we see, we know the power of the Holy Spirit here. I love what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Let's pull up the next verse. How can we know the Holy Spirit? Well, this is how. Jesus says, you know him. You, you know him because he lives with you and he will be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. It is God in your life. You're going to see it. You're going to know it. He's going to show up. What's Jesus doing? He's igniting a passion for Jesus Christ, he's igniting the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. You have a supernatural helper. He's in you, he's with you, he's awesome. Last thing, Jesus is igniting. He's igniting love, Holy Spirit, last one. Jesus is igniting a fearlessness in our hearts. Wherever there's a love for Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, don't you know there's going to be some fearlessness? Fearlessness. Fearless. And I see a fearlessness in this room today. Just like I see a fearlessness, eagle's country. (laughs) Came across this picture in my social media feed. It's (laughs) Rocky and what's this guy's name? Drago? Drago? And the caption is, we already know who comes out victorious. A fearlessness. We already know who's going to win this one. 150 years after Jesus, and we can, we can put all that down. <laughs> Let's get back to why we're here. 150 years after Jesus, there was a church leader named Tertullian. He looked around at Christians in his day. 150 years after Jesus. And he penned some words about the Christians in his day. And he didn't say, oh, Christians are nice. Oh, Christians, they're sweet. He said, Christians are fearless. 150 years after Jesus, church leader looks around. He says, Christians in my day are fearless. Fearless. We be fearless in our world today. Where'd they get their fearlessness from? Those believers willing to sacrifice everything for Jesus Christ—where did they get that from? From Jesus, right? Wasn't he fearless? So here's Jesus. He's marching to a cross to suffering. What does he say? First of all, he says, "Don't be afraid." Even before he says this, he says, "Don't be afraid." And then he says, "You heard me say, I'm going away, and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you'd be glad." going to the Father. He's going to a cross and he's saying, hey, I'm glad I'm going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. And then he keeps going. The next one. I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. And what does he say? This is like brave heart. He's like, come now, let's leave. Let's go. Fearless. See Jesus. He's on his way to a cross, to suffering. He's come on, let's go. I got nothing to lose. I got everything to gain. I go to the Father. Will we be a church that's absolutely fearless in our world today? Secular age, secular world. People aren't going to see and know the power that's at work within us. But he's in you. Holy Spirit, he's with you. So what, just like Jesus said, I want the world to know that I love the Father. That's what I'm saying today. I want my friends to know. I want my family to know. I want my team to know. I want my school to know. I want my coworkers to know that I love the Jesus Christ, for me to live as Christ, to die as King. Oh, would we be fearless in the world today? I think Jesus is igniting something, don't you? Something in our hearts? He's igniting something in our hearts today. knew these words. My family's big fans of the game show Survivor. That's kind of dorky, but we love it. There's uh, going on season 36. And uh, last season, 35, was pretty controversial because the game really came down to a fire-making challenge. Came down to somebody who could take a, a, a flint and a machete and a handful of kindling and get a blazing fire going. And I think that is actually a good picture of the Christian life. Because sometimes living for Jesus Christ comes down to the fire that's burning in our heart. And sometimes this game of life comes down to the passion, to the fire that's burning within us. Today as we close, we have got a little bit of a fire-making challenge for you. Take the, the cup, represents Jesus, his blood, Take the bread, his body broken for us. Fire making challenge. Jesus wants to ignite a fire in your heart today. Let's go back how he started the whole conversation. He said, if you love me, look, if you love Jesus today, this table's open for you. He wants to do something in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're going, you know what? I don't know where I'm at with Jesus. I don't know if the Holy Spirit thing is real. I don't know it's totally okay today. Because so we're encouraging genuineness to just go, you know what? I'm not just going to do this as a religion. So if you're here today and it's like, you know, I don't know about this, go ahead and just let this pass by. That's okay. This is a place where it's okay to not believe in Jesus. This is a church that unchurched people love to attend. And we're glad you're here. But for those of you who are here today say i'm here because i love jesus i'm saying yes jesus saying i love you and i'm saying yes i love jesus take this meal with us it's a fire making challenge and let jesus ignite something in your heart so i'm going to pray then i'm going to invite the ushers up and we'll share this meal together in worship god thank you for this morning Thank you for how you fearlessly loved us and went to a cross and died on that cross for our sins. And even as we're here right now, we all stumble in many ways. We all fail in many ways. We don't always love you and obey you. So Jesus, we thank you for the cross. Thank you that we are forgiven and our sins are washed away. Thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for dying on the cross, for giving your life and laying it down. Thank you for rising from the dead so that we can have hope and new life. That Because you live, we can live. So as we worship, as we commune with you, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would ignite a fire in our hearts, God. Ignite a passion in our hearts today. Fill our hearts with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and pray that we would leave this time changed in the name and power of Jesus. Everybody said amen. All right, I want to invite the ushers.